Thank you for joining us once again. This is episode 23 of A-Sides. During this episode, we will be recapping albums that were released throughout the month of April. And cue music. We're rolling. Reunited and it feels so good. Yeah, it's about time, right? Yeah. Feels like we haven't done one in forever. But you have. You've gone, yeah. you've flown solo, done a couple cool interviews, so. Yeah, I was going a little stir crazy uh, here, so so I guess I needed to talk to some people. Right on. I wish I was going stir crazy, but I'm just working every day and then working when I'm home. So I've been busier than ever. This has been the opposite of most people that are saying they're bored, you know. You got a house and stuff, and like I'm just like in this little apartment by myself. We're like in the opposite end of things. You're, you're missing people, and I'm still just as sick of people as I ever have been, so... <laughs> So yeah, man. What's on the uh, what's? Well, I guess before what's on the agenda, I guess has anything else happened worth talking about? Uh, I know that uh, like I wrote these down. They're from like two weeks ago, I think. But I know you're um, a fan. But Judas Priest, British Steel, had its 40th anniversary, and the debut of Iron Maiden, uh, that self-titled album, had its 40th. All right on. Didn't notice. I guess I wasn't paying close enough attention to all the anniversaries popping up on Facebook and whatnot. Yeah, see, I got too much time on my hands. (laughs) It's not like to mention that stick song. Yeah, I was going to say, way to put that piece of shit in my head. I was actually just having this conversation with somebody about what hell's going to be like when we get there. And I came to the conclusion that, you know, it's going to be nothing but schlitz to drink and sticks on the jukebox so mr Roboto. <laughs> yeah i won't get into how we got on that conversation but it was actually i wish i could share it and not feel like a complete asshole but um it was really a fucking hilarious conversation but uh it might have been very insensitive too at the same time so maybe i should not record a I shouldn't have any kind of record of me actually uh, making the jokes that I made, but they were they were pretty fucking awesome. I was kind of proud of myself, but well, I almost feel the same way though. Is it's not going to be like fire or something and like demons. It's going to be your own private hell. So right. yeah, like Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, or it was like <laughs> shit from their childhood or whatever. I can't remember. Yeah, it was like a teacher or something that Bill was scared of that was chasing him through the halls or something. I can't remember. It's all coming. I don't remember that. I just remember like playing board games with the Grim Reaper. Yeah. I don't know. I might be just thinking of a totally different movie too. Oh no, I think you're right. And I think, yeah, there was supposed to be another Bill and Ted movie this year, but it probably got pushed back now. Yeah. I don't know. I've still seen updates on it. So, I mean, that probably wasn't going to be a big blockbuster anyhow. Yeah. Like, they might as well just do what everyone else is doing and release it, you know, straight to 
Amazon or whatever because like with that the people that are going to watch it are going to fucking watch it whether it's in a theater or you know the people that are looking forward to that movie are going to they're going to spend the money because they want to see it I mean so I think it could probably do just as well doing it that way or I could be wrong and people could be like ah fuck that I'm not you know paying 20 bucks to stream this movie one time when Mm. six months from now it's going to be free which I think is, you know, speaking of the whole movie thing, like a lot of people seem to think that movie theaters are going to be a thing of the past after all this blows over. But man, I don't, I'm not paying $20 to stream a fucking movie one time in my living room. You know, I mean, yeah, we all, the arguments like, oh, we all got big screens now. And so the thrill isn't as big of a deal and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but yeah, but I don't have a big screen the size of a house. Yeah, I don't have that big of a screen, and I don't, you know. And I just something about paying twenty bucks. Uh, that's fucking stupid, you know. When in six months you could own it for twenty dollars, get the fuck yeah. out of here. I mean, they're gonna have to drop their prices on it. It's just how it is, man. So. Also, what you're saying too about that Bill and Ted. How you think it's almost more of like, it sounds like a cult movie. Yeah, the people that are going to watch it, it's only going to be a small audience compared to like, you know, other big movies. Right. I think that's the same thing that I was thinking about with these albums coming out. Because some are getting pushed back and some are still coming out. And I think with the ones that are still coming out, it's like even this Fiona Apple or how Butch Walker's still putting out an album. I think they know they've got uh, their fans and nobody else that's really outside of their kind of, um, you know, hardcore fans are really going to buy it. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, they know that their fans are probably going to be the ones that pre-ordered it anyways. They're not just going to go randomly pick it up like at Walmart or something. Well, it's a really weird thing because a lot of the excuses I'm hearing of why artists are delaying their albums is, well, you know, you got to put out a record and then you tour behind it to promote it, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but like all the artists that would be really affected by that seem to still be releasing their albums. Like some, yeah. At like a Butch Walker level or, or whatever. But then like Lady Gaga puts her fucking record off till the end of the year. It's like, look, people... People are going to go see her live regardless, whether she's pushing a a new record or, you know, those people that go see her shows just want to hear the fucking hits and see her dance around half naked and a bunch of weird lights and shit. And I mean, I I don't see why she delayed her her album. I mean, yeah, because it is like um, you're saying the ones that would be most affected by it. Yeah, are still putting them out. It's almost like she it's. She put out a single, which I think is actually really good. I really like that song. But she puts a single out to promote the record. Seems like it's going to do more harm than good to have that single floating out there for almost a whole fucking year. Like by the time the record comes out, I think people are going to be like, well, that's probably the only good song anyhow. So they're not going to really, <laughs> you know, they're not going to give a shit. They're yeah. going to forget the hype's gone. And, and then, like I said, the people that were going to go see her live anyhow were gonna go she could just go tour with no new record it's not gonna matter she's at a level where they're just you know i mean 
a lot of these artists like her don't need anything new to go promote. I mean, so whatever. It's my opinion. I'm fucking right, but you know, it's just my, <laughs> it's just my opinion. Yeah, like, did you see that? Uh, that Jason Isbell, he actually pushed his up a week if you uh, get it from an independent store. Yeah, I did. I did. And I feel like it did, because I, I already pre-ordered it on Amazon, so I was like, well, I didn't really feel like going in and canceling the order and fucking around. And oh, gotcha. I figured by the time I did that, it'd be sold out, so I didn't even bother. So... Whatever. Yeah, I was just going to wait, thinking co-op was going to open um, up by then, but I guess I don't think they are. So I just went and pre-ordered it from uh, just uh, one that's out in Arizona. And they're still doing like, uh, they're doing like curbside or shipping. So I guess they'll ship it to me. Oh, dude, let's just drive down there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, I don't, did you watch the Prince thing, the Prince Grammy salute thing. You're not really probably the big Prince fan, I guess, that I am. I had it on, but I didn't totally, like, sit there and watch it the entire time. I think I was, like, painting, so I was kind of looking up, but I was mostly listening to it. Yeah. It was all right. I expected worse. It was better than I expected, actually. I mean, usually those things just end up being really fucking watered down and stupid, but... I actually thought most of the performances were pretty good, you know. Some of them were your typical shit show of, you know, too many yeah. celebrities on one stage kind of thing, and it's just kind of a jack-off, but... Yeah, because I thought, like, what, uh, John Legend sounded good, and then there was that St. Vincent. I then... thought that St. Vincent, yeah, man, that one was actually badass. I thought that was the coolest performance out of all of them, so... So much so, I'm totally drawing a blank. I can't even remember what song. <laughs> I think it was like, was it like, I don't know the name, but it was like Controversy. Oh, they did Controversy. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, I love that song anyhow. So I, I don't know, but I, I thought they did a pretty, pretty good job. That chick was cool. I'd, I'd never heard of that band. I didn't know anything about them. So it was a pleasant surprise, but. Yeah, yeah, and then obviously Foo Fighters, they uh, were good. Yeah, I mean, that was good. I've always kind of dug their version of that song anyhow, but I've already heard, you know, it was the same thing they've already recorded, and I've heard it a thousand times, so yeah, it just wasn't any kind of surprise. But I guess my main bitch was just, it seemed like a Sheila E. fucking show-off fest, you know? Like, she was the coordinator that kind of, she was the band coordinator and everything and music coordinator kind of put it all together. And there was just a few moments where it was, you know, look what I can do. And she just was putting herself out front a little too much. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. Maybe that was kind of when I wasn't as paying attention as much. Cause I kind of looked up when people were playing and I kind of was like, Oh, who's this? You know? Yeah, at first I thought it was cool to see her, you know, play. I mean, you see her playing live every once in a while. She'll be in the band playing percussion or something on some performance like that. Anyhow, on the Grammys or whatever. But that was the first time I've seen her 
really like you know in the spotlight in quite a while and it was cool at first and then you know after a while i was like okay jesus you know get the fuck out of everybody else's way for a minute would you but (laughs) then when they had now like when they said something about how she was the music coordinator i was like oh yeah no shit like (laughs) couldn't have been anybody else's decision to prop her up out front like you know nine out of every ten songs it was ridiculous but um and then there was a there was a song uh the revolution did mountains and they didn't even air it i found a video on youtube of it and and wendy sang it and everything and it was i thought it was really cool and i was like well jesus man they could have cut any one of those that whole thing in the middle where sheila e sang a bunch and stuff they could have just cut that whole thing out i I don't know. Whatever. What do I know? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, they got two hours. I mean, cut something out and throw in, you know. Yeah, I mean, I was honestly pretty entertained the whole time. I, you know, I, on a weeknight for me to stay up till ten, which isn't late for most people, but I do get up really early, and so I am usually in bed like nine, nine thirty, and uh, if not, I'm dozing off on the couch like an old man. But I actually kept my interest, and I was I watched it all the way to the end. So I enjoyed seeing uh, Mavis Staples sing "Purple Rain." She had a few weird moments with the lyrics, but it was it was cool. So much time has gone by, it seems like, since we've done one of these episodes that uh, I guess I don't really know what's old news and what's new news anymore. Um, so, oh yeah, yesterday too, another anniversary, Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell, had oh, its fortieth yeah. uh, anniversary. Man, a lot of things are turning forty. I'm still on a Black Sabbath kick. That's why I uh, cut my beard into like a goatee. Maybe oh, I'm listening yeah. to too much uh, Tony Iommi or you something. Going, you going out for like a movie role? You're gonna play Tony Iommi in the uh, biopic? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I can be, uh, I'll grow my mustache and put on a wig and maybe I can be geezer. Yeah, shit, there we go. So, I don't know if I want to play Ozzy. I don't know. There you go. We should start, we'll cast a couple of our buds and we're going to do, we're going to shoot our own Black Sabbath biopic. <laughs> it's going to be fucking awesome. Well, if we want to uh, move on to our uh our records, our albums. Yeah, at first I was kind of thinking that I was like, shit, this is kind of slim pickings because a lot of stuff's getting postponed. But most of them I thought were all right. Yeah, there was there ended up being a decent selection. We discussed doing the Incubus one, and I'm kind of glad you were like, yeah, I forgot about that, so let's not do it because I really didn't. Oh, really? Because, oh, uh, well. Or were you talking uh, about the he, other one? Uh. I had the Soul Asylum down, but then when you said, uh, well, I've got Strokes and Incubus, Fiona Apple, and like Danzig, I was like, oh, okay, shit, because I didn't like the Soul Asylum one, so I was like, I just didn't say anything because I thought that was a good opportunity to cut it out. Oh, fuck, dude. I thought the Soul Asylum one ended up being my favorite out of the batch. Oh, really? Yeah. So I guess we could just discuss it now, loosely. If you didn't take notes, that's fine, because I have some. Um, yeah, we can just start it off with, I think, Soul Asylum. 
hurry up and wait. Yeah, it was April 17th, I believe. Yeah, I kind of lost track of what dates these came out because I just, like I said, I kind of barely paid attention. I kind of made a list in my head. and um, But, yeah, I'm shocked you didn't like this because I thought it was uh, – I thought it was kind of a power pop kind of record for them, you know? I mean, it See, didn't... that's kind of what maybe I was like, I started it, and I was like, the one he's like, I think the first song was It's Gonna Be a Beautiful Adventure or something. Yeah. And I was like, what am I listening to? It sounds like the soundtrack of like a Lifetime movie or something. Yeah, the opener's kind of just okay. I mean, there's, I think it's solid front to back, but I think like the song If I Told You, I think that's like the second track. Uh, to me, that's just should be a hit. Like I instantly was like, "Fuck, this should be a hit." How's this not a hit? Um, but I, what is really a hit anymore? I don't, I don't even fucking know. So, uh, but I felt, yeah, I felt like that was a great song. Uh, got it pretty good. It was a really good song. Make Her Laugh was another one where I was like, ah, oh, that should be a hit, you know? It was just one of those choruses where you hear it and you're like, how's this not on the radio? And everyone in the fucking world is listening to it, you know? Um, Social Butterfly, it's kind of an acoustic ballad kind of thing. I really like that. That was another one of the highlights. Uh, those are probably the main highlights for me. Hopped Up Feeling was pretty cool. It was kind of a more upbeat rocker had a catchy chorus you know but but yeah i mean i i'm really shocked that was the one you kind of just dismissed you know but well i really only listened to that first like soul asylum uh album what the, or the hit one the grave dancers grave diggers union or whatever yeah i'm familiar with that one but i haven't listened to anything in like god like 20 years so then i heard this poppy stuff and i'm like well, I guess maybe the guy grew up, though. I mean, he can't be angry forever, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess I guess eventually that factory that bottled misery must have went out of business. So, <laughs> I, I, I always kind of dug that song, though, too, man. I thought I liked their stuff before. I was never a huge fan. It was really hard to not want to hate them, though, because like Runaway Train was so overplayed yeah. that like I haven't heard Runaway Train in like 20 plus years and I don't fucking care to ever hear it again still but I don't know maybe it'd come on the radio and I'd change my tune I'd be like oh fuck I haven't heard this in forever I actually am enjoying listening to it but off the top of my head I'm gonna say that I probably never need to hear that song again like I just fucking don't Um, but man now I've got it in my head like that little acoustic part but that black gold song was fucking badass. And yeah, yeah, and somebody to shove, I think. Yeah, somebody to shove. Yeah, they had some really good stuff. So, but I'm with you, man. I I hadn't heard anything since Misery. I wasn't up to up to date with any of their stuff. And so when I I put this on, I was out for a jog one day and I put it on and was like, damn. This is really good. I'm really enjoying this. And so I've listened to it a handful of times. I'll probably buy it. You had more of a pep in your step. You're like running. I did. All poppy. I was happy. Um, I'll probably now, dude. I was seriously. I'm probably gonna order it on vinyl. The only reason I haven't yet is because vinyl is. Uh, seems like everything's taken 
forever for me to get it. So I was just kind of going to wait. Like I've, I've got a few things that I ordered like three weeks ago, <laughs> you know, and they're not, uh, the last time I checked the delivery date, it's like May 5th. So it's like, I'm just not in any hurry. I mean, I get it. They're not exactly essential items. So yeah. Cause I think, well, uh, did you get it from Amazon? Cause yeah, they yeah. were saying vinyl wasn't essential, but it's funny because the first I ordered some stuff right when all this went down and I was getting all these emails saying that stuff, you know, about how some stuff wasn't going to ship, take longer, blah, blah, blah. And dude, the first few things I was getting them like, bam, bam, bam. I mean, I had one thing I ordered. It said it was supposed to be here like that Friday. I ordered it on a Monday and I ended up having it Wednesday. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was like real weird. At first, it's like I'm being told everything's going to take longer and then I was getting it quicker than what they would tell me. But then it kind of caught up to me, I guess. I mean, because a couple weeks later, I'm ordering shit, and it's giving me a delivery day that's like a month out. So, but, you know, I do have plenty to listen to, so I'll be okay. I'm going to survive. But, but, yeah, man. Anyhow, moral of the story, I give the new Soul Asylum two thumbs up. And Andy doesn't. So there you have yeah. it. Well, then I'm glad I um, at least could contribute by uh, saying, hey, there's a new Soul Asylum album. Yeah. So I steered you towards it. Yeah. And actually the main reason I, Brian uh, had uh, text me, I think, asking me if I had heard it. Oh, okay. Um, after you had put it on my radar, I guess, and uh, – and I said, no, I'm supposed to be listening to it, but I haven't yet. And he's like, yeah, it's really actually good. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. And so it just happened to be that he texted me that like, I don't know, 20 minutes before I was going out for a run. And I'm like, yeah, well, okay, I'll put that on and listen to it. So good times, good times, way to go. <laughs> thank you for putting it on my and radar. I'm just like, thank you, Brian. Screw it. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Brian. So, I don't know. I guess moving on, not too much more to say about that. Um, we'll talk about the new Strokes. The new That's one that, uh, another one I didn't like, but I do have notes on it. Okay. I didn't care for it either. I thought it was boring as fuck. They're another band, honestly, like, I think they came out, what, the early 2000s, and I never listened to them. Yeah, you know, they came out, and the first time I heard them, I thought, man, this, these guys are cool, like... They just got that cool retro sound and everything that kind of draws you towards them. But then I never got anything from them beyond that. Like, I think I listened to like one album and didn't really care much for it. Like, oh, this is a letdown. And so I haven't given two shits about them since. And, you know, I was kind of looking forward to giving this, giving them another shot, listening to this new album. And I mean, I listened to it three times probably before I finally said, okay, you know, Brooklyn Bridge to Chorus is pretty decent, I guess. Bad decisions, it's okay. And uh, Yeah, I thought the second half was at least a little bit better than the first half. Because I kind of liked when it was like, why are Sundays so depressing? Yeah, that was one... Um, that was one that the title, I guess, you know, 
it led me to believe it was going to be better than what it was, was my opinion of that one. So. Yeah, like, I guess um, I didn't really know anything about him, and this is the first time I listened to him, and it'll probably be the last time I listen to him, honestly. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to be twisting your arm to talking about the to talk about their next record by the time that happens. I don't think. Yeah, because I noticed it said that their last one before this was in 2013, so it could be a while before the next one. Yeah. Well, good. I mean, honestly, my review of this would be, you know, oh, the new Strokes album, and then I just would make the stroke off hand motion with my hand, you know. Which which I was just doing as I was describing it, but obviously not, you know, I don't know. We need to have cameras, maybe. We need to switch to having uh, some video to go along with this audio. I'm not sure, but. Yeah, you said that before, like a video podcast, I guess. Then my hand gestures would be more appreciated, you know. But yeah, this is just a snooze fest as far as I'm concerned, man. I don't. I just don't. Unfortunately, I don't have much to say about it because it really was just such a fucking boring. Like I wish, I actually wish it was worse and gave me some shit to make fun of. Yeah, because like I really liked the title and I kind of thought the title, the new abnormal, was kind of cool. Uh, but that's like the best thing I, I have to say about the album. But I did look up though that the title uh, came from something. The governor of California had said, his name's Jerry Brown, I guess. He said that referring to uh, California wildfires. So I tried to do some homework at least. Mm-hmm, there you go. I didn't. <laughs> not, not on this. Um, yeah, I mean, the I only thing. I didn't know if these guys were British either because it sounds like his voice almost kind of has that quality and their sound really new, um, new wavy or whatever. But like, then he's American. Like, I guess they're all American. Yeah. Well, they're fucking posers, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. They had some moments where I thought there was some cool vibes. The songs themselves just never came through. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of cool eighties kind of new wave vibe going on i mean there was moments where it was kind of like reminded me of the cure a little bit and you know except not good i mean because <laughs> I mean, the cure had songs they had really good songs and there was really, yeah like hooks and stuff yeah and yeah. robert smith just had a very uh he had a voice that just he wasn't the best singer but he had a voice that drew you in and that this guy I don't know. It's like he's trying to capture some of that, but falls flat everywhere. So, so yeah, man. Fuck the Strokes. At least we agreed on that one. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't really too. Hey, it is what it is. The Incubus one. So did you did you listen to the uh, thing? It was like five songs. Yeah, yeah. I didn't hate it. I didn't really like it a lot, but. Um, See, I actually did like it. I'm kind of glad you put that back on my radar because I had forgotten it was. It's called Trustfall Side B. Yeah. And I forgot they did a Side A. Um, because yeah, like I guess it came out in 2015, so it was like five years ago. So yeah, I forgot that they even did that. Well, I mean, I forgot they were a band. I mean, these guys kind of fell off the face of the earth for a while. I mean, they just haven't really been. 
out there in the forefront. I mean, they were big, you know, back in the early 2000s and everything. And they were the band that was on everybody's radar. And uh, the fact that they were putting out new music still kind of was a surprise to me. And I was never a huge fan. Um, I did not like them. I just never got into them. I had friends that were really, really into them. And I always kind of was the guy who was like, yeah, I mean, there's some stuff on uh, Wish You Were Here I liked. That was probably my favorite album of theirs. Science had some really cool stuff, too. Uh, Certain Shade of Green, is that the name of that? I think so. Yeah, because see, I'm yeah. kind of like, I guess the stuff you're talking about, Science and that Shade of Green, yeah. that was more of like the hip-hop influence, right? Where they kind of sounded like 311. Yeah, there was kind of some heavier riffs and stuff, like that Certain Shade of Green song had like that really cool guitar riff that kind of made the song. This The riff is so badass, it's like, I don't know, he could have just been singing a pancake recipe or some shit and it would have been badass anything would be cool over the top of that riff that's how good that riff is but um i guess the stuff that i kind of liked about them was probably the more like i don't know melodic stuff like that drive like and they had a song called dig so like i kind of i kind of like that stuff the softer stuff more than the uh, rock stuff i guess yeah, I mean, Wish You Were Here was kind of their mellower. That was kind of yeah. their mellow record, you know. So, and that's probably my favorite one. I mean, if I had to pick. But really, at the end of the day, like, I'm not going to get in a fucking argument with anyone over what the, be- the best Incubus album is because I don't have that much uh, skin in that game. I don't, I'm not a big, I don't have a really strong opinion on the matter. It's just like, well, if I had to pick, you know. Um I will say the songs on this new thing grew on me. At first, I listened to I listened to it and just kind of was like, yeah, okay, whatever. But um, probably the second time around, I was like, ah, you know what? That Karma Comeback song, I actually really dug it the second time. That Our Love song has a really cool vibe to it, and the ca- the chorus is catchy enough to where I kind of dig it. But I thought the End of the Summer songs probably probably the strongest song on the record and really the two after that i didn't care for they kind of did nothing for me but uh the thing i had that into the summer my notes uh on that was it's way more new wave than anything on the strokes album like that song once i heard that it just totally like stomped uh the strokes oh yeah 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 it's definitely a better version of whatever they were going for i think yeah so yeah, and I like that karma comeback too because I think uh, after uh, we had discussed or sent the text about listening to Incubus, I had it in my car, or so I listened to it on the way to work and then back to work, and it might have been the next day on the way to work and back to work. And it it isn't too long, so I had just enough time to kind of sit with those like songs a few times, and uh, yeah, I thought. I think it was one of those things where there's no filler on it because it's just five songs, so I liked them all. Yeah. I wish I had more of an opinion on this one, too. This is another one where I'm like, God damn it, I just don't have a strong opinion on it. You know, it's like 
The first song, yeah, cool. I'd say that you know the cool thing about that first song, that Karma Comeback, is I feel like some of the lyrics fit with kind of everything that's going on right now and the just our social. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was a political song, but it's not really overtly political. Yeah, you can kind of relate it to a lot of different things, and I think it just had a it has a vibe. I think I liked it more just because, like, if it came out any other time I, I probably wouldn't have eventually made any kind of connection with it you know yeah but i feel like just the just the lyric about how we got to do better you know kind of can tie into so many things um, yeah and just the yeah, idea and just the idea of karma and everything and uh you know i i don't know can veer off into a totally different subject and get weird, I guess. Maybe I don't want to. Like, I guess it's like that phrase, you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. So, yeah, the karma comes back if you don't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There was one thing. uh, Every time the song started off, it had some kind of, like, bass line. And it made me think of that Rock On song. The, uh... Uh, What's that? Hey, kids. Yeah. Summertime blues, jumping up and down, in your blue suede shoes. Yeah, yeah, it kind of sounded <laughs> like that at first, the first couple notes. Didn't somebody just recently do a remake of that? Like, didn't we just talk about that song or something? Or I feel like somebody just did. I mean, there's been several versions of that song over the years, but yeah, maybe. what I'm thinking of is Def Leppard like did it a lot. Yeah, but I don't know if we talked about it. That was a while back. That was before we had this podcast. I remember yeah. that, dude, because I remember I saw him on some tour. It was Courtney and I had just started dating. And oh, took, they've been doing it that long then? Oh, yeah. I took her to see them back, geez, 15 years ago, probably 14 maybe. We might have been together a year at that point. And I had seen him several times already, so I was kind of like, yeah, man, these guys are – the shit this is gonna be great you know we got really badass seats and i remember uh tesla opened and man (laughs) i thought tesla fucking blew him off the stage and i like i like tesla but i'm a way bigger def leppard fan i mean and there was just something about the show man def leppard show that night was just really fucking watered down and i think what did it for me the final fucking nail in the coffin was them coming out doing that song because like the whole band left the stage and then like yeah i was just gonna say because yeah like not to cut you off but it's like the a break in the show where it's like the bass solo i think right yeah i can't really remember but uh they all left the stage and the lights went out and then there was like the there was just tracks there was like that drum machine coming in joe elliott comes walking out like on this walkway singing the song and i just immediately was rolling my eyes like ah fuck because i never really liked that song and then it ended up being an even shittier version of the song and i was just kind of over it i was like fuck i never want to hear this song again especially (laughs) done by def leppard and so i don't know if it was really that bad of a show or because for some reason that's almost all i can remember from that show and I think that it just was such a bad moment. It ruined the whole thing for me. So <laughs> I don't know. Courtney really enjoyed it because I remember bitching about it. And she's like, well, I had fun. I really liked it. And I'm like, yeah, 
whatever. <laughs> you would. But <laughs> it's funny you say that Tesla opened up for them like what 15 years ago. Because uh, I saw him five years ago with Dustin, and Tesla opened up for them too. Yeah, I think they've opened for him more times than they haven't. Probably they've. Yeah, because this was band. a tour that we saw where it was Tesla and Foreigner, and then Def Leppard. And I think recently they did that. It was Def Leppard and Poison and Tesla. Mm, so, yeah. so yeah, I think Tesla is just the like opener for everybody now or something they're big enough to where everybody knows them but they're not quite big enough to headline an arena on their own yeah so yeah because they might have even thrown sticks in the mix i think i'm not trying to rhyme that was cool that was actually way cooler you that one line was way cooler than anything sticks ever did so (laughs) you know that's that's how fucking lame sticks is okay it all comes back to sticks. Didn't we talk about them at the start? Yeah, we did. They come up a lot, man. People, you know, if I'm having a bad day, people just always assume that I just got done listening to, like, Come Sail Away or something. <laughs> so that song, man, if I had to pick one stick song that is, like, the epitome of my fucking hatred for sticks, it's that song. Dude, that song is so fucking stupid that that South Park version with Carmen, Cartman singing it is way fucking cooler than the original. That's how bad that fucking song is, is I'd rather listen to fucking Cartman sing it. Because <laughs> that's what I hear anyhow. Oh, fuck. All right, we got to get off sticks. Um, yeah. Shall we move on to the Fiona Apple? Yeah. I felt like I listened to this and I instantly thought we have to fight. This is the one we have to fucking talk about. Half the time I kind of didn't know what I was listening to. Yeah, it's just an interesting uh, record. And, you know, for the record, I actually dig this album. It So I'm not really... It's such a weird thing because it's almost like I could talk about it and sound like I'm making fun of it because it is really fucking bizarre in spots. But I actually really like it, and I never have listened to her stuff, really. I remember there was the one song that came out back in, like, the late 90s. Yeah, like Criminal? Yeah, and I never yeah, really... that's the only thing I know. Yeah, I didn't really dig it. When it came out, I was like, I didn't understand why it was a hit. I wasn't into any of this kind of music back then, though. That, was, that came out when I kind of was, like, strictly hard rock, you know, because I was a teenager and... I just didn't want to listen to anything that wasn't Motley Crue, Pantera, and all that cool shit. Um, but man, I I really I really enjoy listening. I've listened to this several times now, and uh, you know, there's some what the fuck moments. The opening track, I really like it, and it's got this really cool swinging piano thing that's kind of almost off tempo and shit, but yet. It's just really fucking cool. Yeah, because that's what I was thinking with that. I was like, wasn't she on, or she kind of guessed it on that Jeff Goldblum album that we talked oh, about? Oh, yeah, she fall. did. I forgot about that, yeah. And I was kind of thinking when I first heard that song, I was like, shit, maybe she's been hanging out with Jeff Goldblum too much. Well, the high notes at the end, of- man. When she starts going to those high notes at the end, it's like, what the fuck? Like, 
it just comes out of nowhere and it's like so yeah. unsettling to listen to. I, <laughs> uh, it's fucking weird. Like I don't, I don't know if it's bad or brilliant though. At the same time, I'm I'm somewhere in between the two because it's like, well, I've never, I've never heard that before. That's a, it's a first for me, you know. Yeah, so I don't know, man. That was a weird moment. Um, that Shamika song's really odd. It's an odd chorus, yeah, that, and it's really catchy. Yeah, that kind of that song kind of like I put down that it kind of made me have mild anxiety because it's got that also that jarring piano. Yeah, yeah. She's got a weird. It's got a weird Tom Waits kind of vibe to it, man. It's got the yeah. weird like odd instrumental choices, like some of this. Like that, the title track, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. I mean, it sounds like a trash can lid being banged on. It sounds like somebody smacking a spoon into a metal pipe. Like, the percussion's really bizarre. The whole thing. I think what I like the most about the record is the fact that it does just sound like it was recorded in a living room with just whatever random shit was laying around in a piano, you know? <laughs> Yeah, so it is like Tom Waits, because that's kind of what I thought. I'm like, what's he banging on? Yeah, it's just tons of weird shit like that. But yeah, that Shamika song I really like, though. Even though I get what you're saying, it does have like this really anxious thing going on. But there's there's something weird about the chorus. It's like so catchy, even though all she's saying is, Shamika said I had potential, you know, over and over again. But... um. Yeah, it's weird. And then the title track, like I just was talking about, I feel like if that just was recorded with like like a drum machine and some synthesizers and shit, and you have like a pop singer singing it, I feel like it could be a hit. Like if it just was recorded differently, it would honestly just be a really catchy pop song. But it has its own weird thing going on. Which I really like and appreciate about it, but yeah. What about that under the table song? What do you think about that one? I like that one too. That's one, yeah. another one of my favorites on here. Um, yeah, I was really angry too. Like, yeah, there's it's an angsty record, man. She's it's definitely you know written from the perspective of a chick that feels like she's been kind of held down kept back from achieving whatever it is she wants to achieve um i don't know apparently finding the bolt cutters god damn it somebody fetch me the bolt cutters yeah which also that's another cool title uh, for an album yeah and i guess it's become kind of this like cultural online phenomenon like people are quoting that song a bunch and there's a bunch of memes out there where it's being used. Oh, really? Yeah, I saw something pop up. Um, maybe like Rolling Stone Facebook page or something. Some music site that shared it. And and yeah, there was a few of them that they they showed a few memes where people had... I, I don't even remember what they were. One, I remember one being a picture of some chick holding some bolt cutters or something, you know, in her hand. And then it had some clever little fucking phrase above it and underneath it it said fetch the bolt cutters or something so there's a few things going on going around like that so apparently this has caught some people's attention 
which is weird because it doesn't really sound like a record that would get much attention. So, but maybe she's still relevant. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, because I was trying to look up like what she's done and stuff. Because yeah, like how we were saying, like I'd only knew that uh, that song from the '90s, and I guess she hasn't. I think this said that this was only her fifth album. Mm. And that's going on like 20 years ago too. So. Yeah. Yeah, she obviously doesn't put out a whole lot, but I'm I'm interested enough to go back and listen to her older stuff now. Though um, I thought that lady song was really cool, but then just drags. Starts off really cool and then kind of goes nowhere. That song kind of bummed me out. Uh, Relay, I kind of like that song. Evil is a relay sport when the one who's burned turns to pass the torch. (laughs) (laughs) I like that hook, man. I don't know why. I just didn't. Um, Heavy Balloon was another one. I really like the vibe of that one all the way around. Yeah, that's the one I wrote down and I just kind of double underlined it. I said it was like maybe the coolest sounding. Yeah. Um... What was the other one? Cosmonauts was the other one that felt like sounded like it could be reinterpreted and made into like a pop, like a really catchy modern pop song. Like you could hear it on a modern pop radio station. Um, yeah, because yeah, like what we're saying is like maybe she doesn't have many albums. Like I almost kind of oh shit. Uh, wonder if maybe she had that criminal song so she was kind of pigeonholed as being like a pop singer but she's really not you know right well she's obviously trying to go off uh into some kind of more experimental jazz yeah thing uh drum set that to me was the most basic song out of all of them it's like next to the last song i think and it finally was like a really normal ass song. <laughs> like, <laughs> I considered it to be like the basic bitch catchy tune of the of the record. So it's the soccer mom. It's the soccer mom of the of the songs. And the last song on I go. I like that one too. So I, I also liked one I don't think that we mentioned it yet. It was like newspaper. Uh, see, that was kind of the dud for me. That one, and what was the song after it? Or maybe before it? There was two in a row right in the middle that I wasn't, you know. Yeah, like, musically, it was kind of, eh, like, but I liked uh, the lyrics. Like, I looked on my phone and was looking them up. And it's kind of like, I think, if I'm interpreting it, her, like, her man is cheating on her, but she's empathizing, yeah, with that other uh, girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about, yeah. Because I, I got that same impression from that song and everything. Because usually stuff like cheating is like the other way around. It's like, Fuck you, or bitch. even like I just thought of that. Like Loretta Lynn, or if you come around my man, you're going to go to Fist City. Usually they're always like angry at the uh, cheaters. Right. This was more like yeah, empathizing. 
No, I mean, I feel like it's a, you know, it's a pretty, uh, pretty open record. She kind of puts herself out there, you know, it's, she's just saying shit like it, like she means it, and I like it when, uh, I like when songwriters do that. I mean, they, they're not afraid to be fragile and open and put it all out there, and people might think it's really fucking weird and you know that's the risk though of writing a good song i think you know yeah it's probably better when it's more personal yeah it's always a weird thing i mean i know it's probably more rewarding when somebody comes up to you and says hey that song really fucking awesome it's my favorite song and it's like the one that no one else you know ever came up to you and said you know, because let's say you just got like a bunch of pop songs or something. Most people like that. Oh, that's a catchy song, blah, blah, blah. But you got like this one song you're really lyrically proud of because it's just really, you really put it all out there and you really, you really felt like you hit a home run with it. And then you get like no fucking real attention from it until you meet like just that one person's all it takes to come up and be like, oh, damn, man, that song, you know. And yeah, I mean, I'm speaking from experience because I've had that happen, you know, I've put stuff out that I've been really proud of and and it kind of just no one <laughs> no one says anything about that song and you're like ah fuck man I guess I I guess I didn't know what I was talking about I guess I thought it was cool <laughs> and I was wrong but then all of a sudden like one day later somebody's like hey man that song's the fucking shit you know and you're like oh fuck finally paid off just kept going just must have went over everybody else's head or something or somebody wasn't paying close enough attention to get it but and I feel like you know this is one of those records that she a lot of people at first listen are just gonna be like yeah this is weird I don't yeah, I don't get it why doesn't it sound like criminal maybe that's in a way what you're saying about the songs is going back to almost what Damon Johnson was saying like you don't it's probably better when you've got just the one uh, person that really likes it versus if you had everybody saying, Oh man, I like that song too. I like that song too. Then you might not mean as much. Right. All right. And he's kind of saying like, well, I don't need all these people. I just need my thousand. Right. You just need the one. Shit. I was going to say, I'd be, I'd be happy with 10 fucking people be happy with 10 Real fans. Yeah, I might have that many. I don't know. I'm just being a smart ass, but <laughs> this podcast has fucking enormous numbers. I don't really know what we have. I just was making that up. Uh, I don't pay attention to any of that. Hey, we've got some worldwide listeners I've seen. It's fucking true. Fuck yeah, yeah, we have. Thanks to the guys in Motor Booze. Those guys are pimping our shit left and right. Yeah. Um, oh man, not to get off subject, but I think this thing's going pretty well. So, and people that like it seem to dig it and tune in every uh, episode. So that's a good thing. Yeah. And so yeah, I'm happy, man. So mad props to you, peoples. Um, I don't want to get yeah. sappy just because you know I'm not even through my first beer of the day. I can't start getting emotional already. Um. <laughs> well then, shit. Let's. Talk about Danzig sings Elvis. Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, well, 
I didn't have super high expectations. I heard the one song that they that he released, you know, first, and I thought it was okay. I mean, I thought it was cool for what it was. And I would say that the record pretty much doesn't get any cooler than my feelings towards that one song. Oh, really? I think that it's a really cool sound. I think it didn't need to be as long as it was. It was like everything just kind of sounded the same. And by the time I was six songs in, I was like, you know, this could, there could be a fucking curveball thrown at me somewhere in here. I mean, True, there are like 14 or 15 songs on there. It was a lot for it to just all kind of sound the same like that and not really go anywhere. I This, this was my thought. If I went into a club and was just like in the mode of just wanting to sit at a table and have some drinks with my lady and chill out and there and there's fucking Glenn Danzig on stage covering Elvis songs, I'd be like, cool, man, this is fucking badass. And it would have been a really enjoyable night and I would have fucking probably remembered it the rest of my life like hey remember that time we saw fucking Danzig in that club singing Elvis songs but I don't need an actual record to purchase and put on my turntable and listen to I you know I'm probably just gonna listen to the to the Elvis versions you know I might put this on every once in a while but I'm probably gonna get bored with it five songs in see cause I kinda thought I might end up buying it like I didn't buy this one but because I wasn't sure how it was going to be, because it could have went one way or the other. Like, it could have been, like, totally shit. Uh, but I was kind of uh, surprised by it. It was just down the middle for me. That's the thing. Is I, It's like, I guess, yeah, you would think that it would either be just stupid or really great. But then it just somehow managed to just kind of be, like... Right there down the middle. For me. I don't know. That's all I had to say, I guess. So I'll just let you talk about why you liked it. Well, because, see, I saw somebody a couple months ago or weeks ago. I can't even remember now. Time's, like, in some kind of weird thing where it feels like it's been five weeks, but it feels like it's been five years, you know? Right. So I can't remember. when somebody Somebody just either way posted a picture of the cover on Facebook and I was like, that's got to be a joke, right? Danzig singing Elvis. And then it wasn't. It was a real thing. And I was like, like I was almost kind of like, is this going to be like a William Shatner thing? You know, or is Danzig going to like do like jailhouse rock and try to like film a video where he's, you know, in like the jumpsuit thing. And I was picturing him in like a satanic looking jumpsuit. <laughs> <laughs> Which almost might have been better if we're saying this album was almost kind of boring. Yeah, it might have been better. I, I see. I've heard. I had heard that he was recording this for a while. I feel like I heard about this like two years ago. Yeah, because he's like, I think he's said something about doing like, uh, like, well, he'd said doing a covers album like for a long time, and I think he did come out with a covers album called Skeletons like about five years ago. And then I just kind of thought that that's what it was going to be. And I didn't know that he was actually going to do a full Elvis thing. Right. 
No, I think I'd heard the Elvis thing a while back. Like he had in an interview said that he was wanting to do that. But I don't know, man. I wish I had more to say about it, but Yeah, because I knew you probably weren't. When I sent you a text the other day, I was like like when it came out, I was like, This is like Christmas morning. <laughs> oh yeah. I think I had something smart ass to say about it, but Maybe Danzig almost like I know people shit on him and he is kind of a douchebag, but I think he was one of the first bands I kind of got into when I was a teenager. So it kind of like is like I'm not saying I'm nostalgic for like 80s Danzig because I didn't grow up with that, but I got into him. Yeah, like I got into the Misfits in high school and then just really took to Danzig. So it kind of like. It seems kind of nostalgic in a way, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like, I'm a fan, but, you know. But I haven't really liked, I mean, he's had stuff that was cool since, but, like, really the fourth record I was kind of the last thing I think I even bought, to be honest with you. Yeah, because I bought, like, I think I bought every album that he has, but uh, why you were kind of saying... Uh, that first song that they put out, I think it was like One Night. Yeah. And I didn't like that song because I was like, it sounded like, I don't know, to me, it sounded like there's a lot of reverb or echo on his voice. And that's what they've done for the last, like, I don't know, 10 years or so, maybe like 20 years worth of albums that he's put out. It sounds like they just do some effect on his voice and really like put it low in the mix or something. So I'm like, I kind of didn't really have any expectations after hearing that song. But then I kind of liked some of the other stuff where he's actually singing on there. And you can tell that uh, it's just him singing without any effect. So maybe it's just that song. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I mean, I'm remembering the sound overall of the record, but I, I don't know. I kind of remember the record having a pretty consistent production sound. But I guess maybe if I went back and listened to it. I only, I only listened to it once. Because uh, maybe the, the thing was, too, for me, like, I never heard, like, any of these Elvis songs except, like, two of them. Yeah. Because he didn't stick to the big ones. Like, yeah, Jailhouse Rock or something. And, you know, he didn't do any of those ones that I think of when I think of Elvis. Yeah, he only really did, like, a couple that were hits in the... Rest were kind of oddball. And I really liked that Fever song. Right. And then I went and listened to the Elvis one, and he did it pretty faithfully. And I think, yeah, like I was trying, like I didn't listen to all the Elvis ones after I listened to the Danzig ones, but it seemed like he, yeah, did it pretty uh, straightforward. Right. And then just the fact that he's singing Pocket Full of Rainbows, that was. That was just kind of awesome because it's like ironic because he's like, you know, Danzig's like everything satanic or like, you know, skulls and shit. And then he's singing about a pocket full of rainbows. I did think that was kind of one of the honestly one of the highlights in the the record. I, I actually did enjoy his version of that. I mean, I mean, for the most part, I enjoyed it, I guess. Like I, like I said, I just didn't get all excited for it. It wasn't yeah. that I didn't like it. I just... I guess I don't I don't know that I'll ever listen to it again. I might be wrong. 
but I might be in some way. So you're kind of saying maybe if it was more of an EP, like the Incubus thing, it kind of would have been kind of cooler, you know, cut some of the fat off there and just stick with. I think it was a tough, man. It was an ambitious project to try to pull off and actually pull off keeping everybody's attention throughout the duration of the record. But, but hey, Yeah, because at the same time, there isn't really anything to that. Like, you almost expect them to, like, because it's Danzig to, like, and he's known for metal, like, to take off into some guitar solo in the middle of something, but there isn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of anticlimactic throughout the whole thing, too. I mean, it just kind of stays at one level the whole time. But, yeah, I don't know, man. I would have probably taken a new Danzig record over it. Maybe we'll get that. I don't know. Yeah, because, like, not to go too far off into a rabbit hole, but I don't know, like, yeah, you said you hadn't really listened to a lot of his stuff since number four. But there was one I really liked from, like, God, it's going on, like, ten years now. But I think it was 2010. It was like Death Red Sabbath or something. Mm. And he's got some cool stuff on there. Like you might like a song on there called Juju Bone. See, I can't remember if I've heard that one or not. I know which one you're talking about. But I think the last one I might have actually listened to was maybe that Satan's Child album. I, oh. I can't remember if I've heard anything since then. And yeah, and that's that. 20 years now because that was when I was in high school. And that was the first one that came out when I was kind of getting into him. Yeah. Because it had that five finger crawl, yeah, and and deep. Yeah, I don't. For some reason, I think the first four are all I own. Yeah, and I've heard stuff since then, but I just don't think I bought any of it. I'd have to do. I'd have to look and see. Yeah, because I feel like too, like like you're not really totally missing a whole lot because I've got the ones since then. Off the top of my head, I can't think of how many albums, but mostly. There's like, I don't know, like you're thinking 12 songs, an album, and there's maybe like a two or three good songs on all of those since number four. Right. So, so yeah, they're almost forgettable, but, uh, but I thought the one that I mentioned that Death Red Sabbath kind of had, it was kind of almost like he went back to that early 90s. Uh, sound and stripped away the industrial stuff he was doing yeah and yeah that one's kind of like the most worthwhile one hmm. well i'll give it a maybe i was even hyped up then too because if you remember from the hangover movies the first one had one of his songs in there a danzig song and i was like well holy shit i'm gonna like this movie because there's a danzig song in there and i think they had a danzig song like in every hangover movie I remember it in one of them, maybe the first one. What the hell song was it? Oh, um, in the first movie, I think it was uh, 13, because it was one that he wrote for Johnny Cash. Yeah. And then he ended up doing his own version, and I think they used his version. Yeah. Huh. Right on. shit man um yeah i don't i guess i don't have much more to say about the danzig thing and that i don't really have anything else too because i already hit the i had some notes 
on the Black Sabbath, the Iron Maiden, and the Judas Priest one. I made a few notes at the end because I didn't know if we'd hit that at the end, but then we hit it at the beginning. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, I do want to ask you, though, because I know you'd said before when we were talking about, like, metal bands and stuff, you said you're not totally an Iron Maiden fan. But I feel like I went back and listened to that first one, and it's better than I remembered. And it might be something that's more up your alley because it's more, like, raw than what they kind of were known for with Bruce Dickinson. I like the first two albums better than the Dickinson stuff. I I actually really like Killers. That's my favorite Iron Maiden album. Oh shit! Um, I do like a few of the Dickinson ones. I you know I like Number of the Beast. That's a great record. Um, and there's a few others here and there. I mean, I like Power Slave a lot. Um, you know, I mean he's got there's there's the highlights I guess you know but I, yeah because I know what you're saying. I'm a fan. Like I have like have bought all their uh, albums at some point but i do feel like the last couple ones they put out since they got back together with bruce dickinson i really like that brave new world but then every album kind of just sounds like that right whereas if you go back to like the 80s and even the 90s they all kind of had like a different sound like i guess they were developing their sound so they are kind of different, but then they hit a point where, where yeah, they're kind of almost like repeating themselves. But it's not bad, I guess. Yeah, it's I guess just you just got to really love it, man. I mean, Motorhead really had hadn't done anything. You know, Motorhead stuck to the formula for the same formula for how long? And yeah, I guess I love it. So I never gave a shit. Most of those, I like all of their albums. There are ones that are stronger than others, but. Um, guess that you know for me with iron maiden if i was that big of a fan i would be i would feel the same way as i do with these motorhead records and would just there'd be something about every one of them that i would like because it just would be that sound that i really like but or maybe it's because like motorheads at least shorter and it's in your face and they're digestible because most of them are like the three minute you know um songs whereas almost it's almost now like every Iron Maiden song is an epic song. Yeah. Yeah, that could have something to do with it. I mean, there's something about keeping it simple where, you know, ACDC is another band that just sticks to that formula. And even though these newer singles they put out, they were not anything like like anything from Back in Black or High, Highway to Hell or, you know... Any, they're not. They don't. They're not quite the classics, but they're catchy enough that um, it comes on the radio. You're gonna be like, oh, yeah, I, I dig this. You know, I could put on probably any ACDC album and enjoy it. But yeah. but if I put Highway to Hell on, I'm gonna be like, oh fuck yeah. Or if I put on, you know, like Power Age or yeah, you know, any of those classics or. 74 jailbreak i fucking love that record man that's that's one that just never ever gets old none of those do i mean pretty much everything up to for those about to rock is fucking flawless front to back with those guys and then for those about to for those about to rock is pretty solid but it's kind of the beginning of their you know 
And uh, and I like the other stuff too. I like fly on the wall and flick of the switch and um, razor's edge. I think. Uh, oh shit, man! I'm drawing a blank. What was the one with uh, "Hard as a Rock"? That was kind of the oh ball breaker. Ball breaker. Yeah, that's kind of. I never heard that one until I think I borrowed it from you, and it's kind of like. It sounds good, but they're almost like the lyrics are like repetitive. Or yeah, I mean, it seems like it's kind of cool the, stuff on there, like that. Hail Caesar or something. Yeah, that was a cool song. I like "Cover You in Oil." It's a good, shameless, yeah. you know, sexist, <laughs> misogynistic, fucking song. So, <laughs> no, I. It's to me though that that album is kind of where, like, Razor's Edge came out and money talks and thunder struck you know i was on there and um mistress for christmas is like a you know great little christmas tune uh (laughs) and then they put and then they put out that live record and it seems like that was just like that was it that was the last great fucking thing they did and then ball breaker came out and it's like Solid, but doesn't live up to anything before it, and that's the way every record's been since. You know, it was just that point they hit where, you know, I don't know my opinion on it. Anyhow, but yeah, there's one song though that came out. It wasn't on Ball Breaker, but it was at that same time. That Big Gun song. Oh, that was badass. I think that yeah. was was that like a year or two before that. Yeah, it was like I remember it was the last action hero soundtrack, and maybe it's just because I like that soundtrack. So it was I a great soundtrack, man. Yeah, I love that soundtrack. Fuck, I'm gonna play that actually. I'm gonna go out. I gotta fire my smoker up here in a little bit because we're having my parents over for dinner, and I'm gonna cook out this afternoon, and I'm gonna crank the fucking last action hero soundtrack. So Which you. kind of brings it back around because I have Tesla on it too. So I was well, I was gonna say, man, the Tesla song is actually really cool. I really like mm. that. I really like that song. Um, God, dude, there was a couple Alice in Chains songs, and they were cool. Yeah, and there was Megadeth. Megadeth. What the? Uh, uh, um, angry again. Angry again. Yeah, I love that song, man. That's yeah. that's actually one of my favorite Megadeth songs. And actually, What the Hell Have I is like one of my favorite Alice in Chains songs. I fucking love that song. So. And there's even like a Queensryche song that's not too bad. I think it's more like kind of ballady. Yeah, what one was that? That was, uh... fuck man, it's on the tip of my tongue. I haven't listened uh, to it. Uh, Real World. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I did like that oh. song. Is there even a Def Leppard song? Or when did they put out that Two Steps Behind? Was yeah. that on that too? Yeah, it was on that. Yeah, so, it yeah, came yeah, out. kind of circling back to all these bands we already talked about. It came out on that, and then it was like also on that, uh, was that album uh, called Retroactive? Retroactive or something? Yeah. I think that record kind of flopped. They kind of fucked themselves because they put, it was a hit on the soundtrack. And then it was almost like a year later by the time their actual record came out, and I don't think it sold because I think that soundtrack sold so much and people already had the song. Well, yeah, man. Hey, I'm going to hop off. And, yeah, that's uh, a good note to end it on. Last Action Hero soundtrack. Fuck yeah, I'm going to go crank it right now. Have a wonderful Sunday. I'll talk yeah. to you later on.
You too, man. All right. See ya. <laughs>